Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, I want you to go ahead and be seated, and but but don't stop connecting with the Spirit. I've got to I got to speak this morning to spirits, and I want to ask you guys to pull on this in the name of Jesus. And so I I've been finding myself this week with a with a fresh sense of a yearning for the presence of the Lord. And I mean, I always want His presence, but this week I felt like this this need that I I need to seek the Lord more deeply than I have been. I need to press into Him in ways that I haven't been for a while. Like, I, I always am praying and stuff, but I'm talking like getting, like going after Him. And, and I, I, I've been feeling this conviction that I, I need to be willing, I need to pay a price. Now that, that term can have some weird connotation because what we don't do is preach a striving works mentality message, but there's a difference between striving to try to earn something that, that maybe we think that God hasn't already provided. There's another p- perspective though of, of believing that the Lord has provided it, but I want to put myself into it. I want a place of value that there's more than what I've been experiencing, and I, I'm, I can't be content with where I'm at right now. I need to seek His face. I need to seek His face. I need to press into Him. It's not a pressing like He's trying to hide Himself from us. It's a pressing like the Lord's saying there's more, but you got to come in. There's more, but you need to come in and, and find the more because it's here for you. But I can't just throw it out there to you because if you're not going to value it, if you're not going to value it, you won't be able to steward it well. And Jesus taught us that we don't want to throw pearls before the swine because they'll just trample it and they, they won't have any value for it and it will mean nothing to them. The Lord wants to give this entirety of his kingdom to us, but he's seeking for people who want to seek it out. He's seeking for people who value it so much that they're willing to pay the price to get it. And Jesus talked about the kingdom is like a a man who went out into a field and he stumbled upon a hidden treasure and he wanted that treasure so bad that he went back home. He sold everything he had so that he could purchase the land that that treasure was on so he could have that treasure. And that's how the kingdom is. There's so many different ways you can preach that parable. But what I feel to say this morning is that the Lord is looking for people who are willing to, who, who, who value the things that he has for us so much that we're willing to go back and pay the price. I, I will lay down everything I have so I can have that thing because that is more valuable to me than anything that I have in my life. That's going to move the Lord to see people who have that kind of a thing. And I want to say, like, I, 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 the Lord's given me an increased conviction to seek His face. I need more of Him in my life. We have great things going on here as Overflow and in this ministry. Whoa, I feel His presence. Thank you, Lord. We have great things going on, and, and we've, we're doing well. We're doing well. And we can... If, if we want to maintain where we're at, we can keep doing as we're doing. And, and let me tell you, like, 
We can do a certain amount on our own energy, our own strength, our own mind, but if we want to see the breakthroughs that we're looking for, if we want to see the move of God that we're looking for, if we want to see the increase that we're looking for and the transformations of lives that we're looking for, it's going to take something more than where we're at right now. And that more is not working harder or doing more things or finding the right people to plug into the right holes. That's not the more I'm talking about. I'm talking about the more of his manifest presence. Because I can do only so much. He can do anything. (laughs) And he wants to do a whole lot more than he's been given space to do right now. Amen? I need, I need more of God. Only he can change lives. I don't want just to do church and have good meetings. I want to see your lives changed. Your lives changed. I want to see more people coming into what the Lord's doing and see their lives changed. I can't change lives. Neither can you. But we can change our own life by responding to him who can change us. Amen? And so we need God to come in more than, more than we've created the space for him to come into. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us something, though. Okay? It's going to cost us something. We, we can do our tasks and our responsibilities, and they are important because we need to steward the things he's given us well, the best we can. But, but doing those things is not bringing revival. God can bring revival. So, the, so tasks and responsibilities are important, but they cannot replace the most important thing. And, and when we think they do, that's when it became religious. Okay? I've been seeking his face more. This week especially, I'm pressing in. And, and, and as I'm just realizing, like, as I, as I think about the people who inspire me the most, and I read the book called God's Generals, written by Robert Slierden, it's one of my favorite books, and it's, it's got several different stories in it about different uh, pioneers of the faith who, who wrecked havoc on Satan's kingdom and, and have actually brought revivals in the things that they're doing. I'm inspired by them because, not just because of who they are, but because their relationship with the Lord and the results that came as, as a, because of that. And one person I think of often lately is Smith Wigglesworth. You guys heard that name before? He was a preacher back in the, I think, the late 1800s, early 1900s. And, and he had a powerful healing and miracle ministry, and he saw lives transformed, uh, just f- like people running to Christ. And, and I, I love that man. I love all these different people, John G. Lake and Mariah Woodworth Edder, who actually, you know, is from Indiana, and, uh, and different people like that. They didn't walk in that power by just doing Christianity they walked in that power because they paid a price to seek the face of the Lord and to spend time with Him in the secret place. 
and then to obey everything that he showed them, they would go and do those things, and God showed up. I want to, I want to see an increase of that manifest presence and power in my life and in your lives. But it's not going to happen by going through motions. It's going to happen by pressing in. Amen? On Tuesday, I, I was feeling this deep conviction from the Lord like all day long. I can't do anything except seek your face. I've been crying a lot this week. Not like, not for anything bad because my spirit is yearning for more of him. It, it, like my soul is thirsty, it's hungry for him. What Josh was speaking into today, stirring that hunger. I, we got to, we, oh Lord, thank you. Whew. Lord, I hunger for you. Hey. Whoa, thank you, Lord. Ha, 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 he's responding. Whew. We want more, Lord. We want more of you. More of your pre... Whoa. <laughs> more, Lord. Ha. On, on Tuesday, whoa, I was praying all day. I was seeking his face. Every, every time I could get time to focus on God, I was doing it. And not, not from religion, from hunger. We get to choose our hunger levels, by the way. We determine it. And I was hungering for him, praying all day, crying out to him, I need you. I need more of you, Lord. I need your presence. Lord, I love your presence. I'm, I appreciate, I'm thankful for your presence here now. I need more. We've barely scratched the surface. Your greatest encounter was barely a, a little glimmer of the more. But your greatest encounter is your inheritance, and the Lord wants to give you more. And, and all day I'm seeking His face, and I want to tell you that the Lord responds to the pursuit. He responds. He, he pursued us. Like, we, we can't find him except that he found us first. But he likes to see the reciprocal pursuit. Like he's making himself available. He wants to see, are we wanting to run after him? He needs to see that because love is a two-way experience. And, and so that night, Jessica and I were putting the kids to bed and I told her, Often we'll, we'll watch a show or something after the kids go to bed. That's kind of our time to have the kids. We love having all day with them, but you just want to get them out of your hair a little bit, you know, and so you can do the things you can't do with them climbing all over you, which I, I love that. But so I, we finally got them to bed, and I, I told Jessica tonight I, I, can't, I can't do TV, and actually I need to, need to have some alone time because I feel like the Lord wants me to seek his face. And... So I was down in the living room, and I turned, we have Apple TV, I turned on some soaking music on Apple TV, and uh, just started soaking, just sitting on the couch, just sitting in his presence, just observing him, meditating on him. By, by faith, I was, I was cultivating his presence in the room. 
and it was sweet. It was like I'd been praying all day, and it was like it was my chance to kind of sit in the afterglow of, of, the, of the pursuit of the day. And after I'd been doing that for a while, David should have been long asleep, but he came downstairs, and, and I, I almost rebuked him. I, he almost was in trouble because he should have been asleep like an hour and a half before that. And I was going to send him upstairs, but the whole, right before I rebuked him, the Holy Spirit said, stop and listen. I'm thankful I did because David came and he sat on my lap or sat next to me, and, and he said, I heard the Soki music. He said, I've never heard that, that song or that music before, but I really like it. And we, we've done other Soki music sometimes and soaked in the presence of the Lord, but... But he said, I like that. I was like, that's not what I expected to hear him say right now, because usually he'd come down and try to ask me about details about Star Wars or something. <laughs> I knew something was different. And he said, he said, I heard this music up in my room, which I didn't know that he could, but he said, he said I felt God's presence, and the Lord spoke to me. I heard him with my ear, so that means audible speaking and, and the Lord told him you're you're gonna be you're gonna be my worshiping warrior <laughs> that's a that's a prophetic word that the Lord has spoken through different prophetic people over David when he was in Jessica's womb and that's why he's named David but, but the Lord told him audibly you're gonna be a you're gonna be a worshiping warrior that's awesome and I was, I was just like, I'm dumbfounded. And so we're, and he said, I just want to soak with you for a while, Dad. So we soaked, put my arm around him. We're just enjoying his presence. And then all of a sudden he looked at me and he said, God, God just gave me a brand new gift that I didn't already have. And I mean literally like right then. I didn't see, he didn't like convulse or anything. It was like just the just a innocence of a child sitting there in his Batman pajamas. <laughs> he said the Lord put a gift in me right now, and, and I, he gave me the ability to see things that are going to happen in the future that are good. That's amazing. And, I mean, part of, part of the price I was paying that day was my mind wants to be paying attention to the, to the elections and all the things that I'm praying for miracles to happen in and and listening to the prophets who are prophesying these things and interceding with that stuff and uh, so that's where my mind's been I've been having to shut that stuff down and Lord you're more important than any of that stuff like uh, as I'm you know we I think we all have concerns about where things could potentially go in the in the months ahead and and so we're praying because of that but all in all, like the conviction the Lord's been putting in my spirit all day long is whatever happens, it's, it's going to, doesn't matter which way it goes, doesn't change that God still wants to manifest himself in our lives and we desperately need his manifest presence in our lives no matter what. We believe that God's brought us here to see revival and reformation. That will not happen, but that his presence is manifested, and we do the things that he shows us that we're supposed to do.
in his presence. But it's going to be him who makes the difference. You know, the worst, the, the worst mobs of people that would hate you could come and want to assault you or whatever, but what if God shows up even when the heat starts happening? God can make people fall to their knees. I want to believe that God can change things no matter what happens by the spirit of the world around us. I've got to determine to cultivate that in my life. I've got to determine to steward his presence in my life. I've got to determine to believe that God is bigger than anything that could happen in this world and I can host him and bring him into this place and, and he can be my shield and he can be the most powerful change agent we've ever seen. Amen? It's not going to happen by me just doing my, myself the normal way. We need more. We need more. We need more. We need more. Amen? And David, he, he's telling me the Lord showed him this thing. He's given him, he's given him a vision of good things to come. And I'm thinking, thank you, God, because we're praying for good things to come because we're, we have these calculated fears of bad things that might come. But the Lord's prophesying to my son, good things are coming. And he showed him a vision of God having a farm, and, and in the farm he's planting, and it's a big farm, <laughs> planting seed, good seed, and he said that the Lord's bringing good crop because of his, because God's good seed. And the good crop, he said, he said it's, it's going to be, the, the fruit of it is that people are going to experience God in ways they've never experienced him before. And that he said, and the fruit of it is going to be that the spirit and the truth is going to spread over this whole world. And I feel his presence right now as I say that. That's good news. That's God's plan. And it totally confirms everything that we've been, that we believe that God even brought us to Indiana to, for, to, to sow into these very things. Praise the Lord. My six-year-old seeing this. And, and that's, that's encouraging to my heart. And then we sat there in the presence of the Lord and we start praying in tongues together. Praying in tongues with my six-year-old. That's amazing. It was such a powerful night. And I just, the reason I'm saying this, I, I, that happened after a day of really pressing into the Lord. And I feel like the Lord, it was like that cultivated an atmosphere where He could come in and do such things. And my son it came right into it. I want more of that. Amen? I want, to, I want to cultivate a presence of the Lord that no matter where I go, that when people are in my presence, it's synonymous of being in the presence of the Lord because I carried Him with me. It, it, but it's a, it, there's a price to pay. Jesus gave us salvation for free. It's a free gift by faith. And so we get that. But to, but to live a life of hosting his presence costs us everything.
costs us everything. Or we can stay at the level we're at and coast. But the Lord has called us to go from glory to glory. And the Lord doesn't want us to stay at the place we're at. He wants us to push to another level of glory. It costs us something. It's going to cost us something. And it, it, usually the price doesn't necessarily um, fit with our soulish body comfort zone. Not saying, I'm not trying to tell us what the cost is per se, but, but the Lord wants to know, is He more valuable than our comfort zones? Is He more valuable than, our, than us protecting ourselves from the things that we're afraid of? There's a price to go to the higher levels. And, and you don't have to answer me this out loud, but ask yourself this question, are you content with where you're at right now? I'm not. Are you content with where you're at right now? Are you content with the level of intimacy you have with Jesus right now? Are you content with the level of his manifest presence and power in your life right now? Now, we want to celebrate that. And we want to know that we're fully accepted by God no matter what. It's not a measure of your value to God. It shouldn't be a measure of your value to yourself. But it's a measure of how much of His manifest presence am I making space for? Because to get more of Him, we probably have to let go of something to create the space for Him to come in. Okay? <laughs> People... When we were moving here to plant Overflow Church, people thought we were coming here to bring a revival. Like, we're going to start revival in, like, immediately. But, but the Lord didn't call us to come here to bring a revival. He called us here to lead you into revival. There's a price to pay. And it's only going to happen by the people who choose to pay that price. And, and the Lord has given me, every single week, I'm, I'm preaching messages that are they're good. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a great preacher, I'm, but, the, but the content is kingdom. And I want to tell you that every time I preach, I try to find the heart of the Lord for that moment. And the Lord, I believe, He's given me as your pastor, as your leader keys of the kingdom to impart to each person every time. But here's the question, and don't answer me out loud. This is for you. Are you putting the value that God has on, on the content of that for yourself? Are you taking those things into yourself more than just hearing a Sunday message and, and letting it do its work in you and, and bring transformation and, and impart let, that they're words that impart grace to you to empower you with a supernatural like additive. He's adding to you every time we're speaking kingdom truth. And, and the, I feel that 
the, we're doing it in flow with what the Lord's saying is the word for now, not because next week it might be a different message, so his mind's different than it was last week, but it's, he's, he's building, he's pouring ingredients into this kingdom culture, and if you go without some of them, you're probably going to miss a part of what he's adding into it. Does that make sense? And what I'm trying to say is, like, we determine our hunger, we determine how we receive it and cultivate it into our lives, that's going to determine the fruit and the manifestation that it, that takes effect within us, all right? There's a price for us to pay, and the question with this, as we're trying to lead us towards revival, are you getting it? Are you getting it? Those of you who are watching, are you getting it? Because this is, this is about something a lot more than church services. They're important. But the church services are the gathering of the saints, worshiping together, edifying one another. Very important. And, and getting the word of the Lord receiving his words his, his logos and letting it become rhema within us so that it can be life-giving so that collectively we're becoming a body that god has called us to be but we're taking it we're going out into the world and we're inviting his presence and his truth to come and flow through us so that we can affect change everywhere we're at but the 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 measure of change you want to see is going to determine price you're going to have to pay. I'm not talking about a price that's, uh, that's, that's a bad one, no. Because when you're willing to pay a price, you get so much more in return. So, so much greater in return. You know, for, for the, the drug addict who comes to Jesus, that price is I'm giving you my life, Lord. My Lord, are you, are you serious? You want me to give up drugs? Those things were killing you anyway. But, but what does Jesus give in replace? He gives abundant life. He gives, he gives peace. He gives fulfillment. He, he heals the broken heart. So would you rather have the thing that you're embracing or get the thing he has for you? Because paying that price, he paid a much bigger one to give you more than you could ever give to him. And Jesus said in Matthew 16 to his disciples, I said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I would rather have his life than mine because his is so much greater than mine. What profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And Jesus said this. He's talking about paying the price of being his disciple, of paying a price of, of coming after Jesus, of having him manifested in your life. Are you willing to lay your life down so you can have more of him? The amazing thing is right after he said these things, he took three of them up on the mountain where they had the encounter of encounters and saw Jesus transfigured into the glory 
that he laid down before he came to this earth. They got to see who Jesus is about to get restored back to when he goes back to his throne. They saw him in that form. That's amazing. But that followed him saying, you got to lay your life down if you want this. I tell you what, if laying my life down means I get to encounter Jesus in the transfigured, the, the glory, the manifested glory of the Lord, and it says that the cloud of God came over him and they heard the audible voice of his father say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. Listen to him. What was it he just said? He said, if you want to follow after me, lay your life down. But, it, but, but the trade <laughs> is way better. Amen? <clears throat> I want more of him. That whatever I get in him is going to be better than anything, anything that he asks of me. And there's a real tension between the concept of I'm a son and I'm a servant. And I want to say that we're sons and daughters more than we're servants. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't change the fact that we're servants. And we, we need to serve as sons and daughters, not as slaves who think that we don't deserve to be in His presence. But we still need to maintain that posture of, Lord, I lay my life down before You. I, I, you've given me crowns, and I, and I throw my crown at Your feet. There's a tension between son and servant because we need, to, we need to be really good at resting in the spirit. Oh man, I feel him on this. <laughs> right now, I feel his presence. Do you guys feel his presence in here? Because if you don't, you can receive it. There, there's a tension because we need, to, we need to learn how to be good receivers of his presence. We, you know, trust is the ability to receive something before you have proof. <laughs> like, I, I, can, I trust the Lord's with me so I can, I can receive Him. But, but so there's, we, need to, we need to find the, the ebb and the flow of a, a rest in Him and receive, but then I, I push in, I press in. i got to press in for more. But, but when I press in, I need to make sure I take the time to receive what He's given me at that place that I just pressed into. I can't just keep pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and try to live a life of, of a martyr where, uh, where I'm just going to lay my life down in it and, and I find my own self-esteem in how much price I paid. That's not what we're going for here. All right? It, it, you're, the pain doesn't determine who you are. Jesus already determined that. But, but the price is, is it's not really about pain. It's about, I need nothing but more of you. If I gotta, for me, a lot of times, the price to pay is my mind wants to be thinking about all these things, and I've got to say, no, get off of me now. Hone it in on Jesus. And, and shoving away all the things that distract me from seeing his face. That's a price. I'm not trying to tell you or define to you what your price is, but it's us being aware of anything that, that can compromise God's full access to us or our full attention on Him. And Jesus taught us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. All. And Jesus taught us 
Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And then all these other things that distract you will be given to you. But he wants to seek him first, not the distractions. Doesn't mean that the things that distract you don't have an important place that need to be managed. I'm just saying we've got to get alone with the Lord. We've got to seek his face. And then we need to, what we cultivate in the secret place is what we get to bring to one another. If you want to bring more fruit-bearing manifestation of God, do it in your, cultivate it in your secret place and then enjoy it with one another. Amen? You guys doing all right? How about the, all the rest of you? You guys doing all right? <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. The Lord wants us to steward connection with Him, and He wants us to live sanctified lifestyles, which means setting ourselves apart from anything that, that does not make Him feel welcome in our lives. Sanctified is setting our part from anything that makes him not feel welcome. Okay? Moses is a great example of someone who stewarded and cultivated a life being in the presence of God. And he carried weight in the presence. There is, like, the Lord wants to bring substance into our lives. Substance. He doesn't want us just to be just good old boys and girls, Christians. He wants the substance of his presence and his nature inhabiting our environment. But we're the ones who determine that by how much space we create for him, by our attention and our alignment to him. Moses did some of the most amazing things Magnif ma magnificent exploits the Bible has. And, and he, he stood before the mightiest leader that this world had in the moment, who was a, who was a demon worshiper, and who, whose rules and, and laws that he had in the land empowered Satan's kingdom in huge ways. Principalities and powers were, were thriving in, in Egypt under the Pharaoh's rule. And, and Moses could stand before this man face to face, not even flinching. And the reason was because he knew that the substance of God's presence was with him everywhere he went. He carried Yahweh, God, before the king that, that ruled the most powerful nation on this earth who worship Satan, stood face to face. And the Lord came in and brought plagues and he brought miracles and signs and wonders that shook a nation and brought the, 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 the pillars and the, the principalities of this nation came crumbling down to their knees because of God, but it was because of this man who obeyed the Lord. But he didn't just obey the Lord, he spent every waking moment that he had free in the presence of the Lord. If you want to see, if you want to, if you want to carry 
the weight of his glory in ways that's going to make profound impacts on your life and the lives around you. Spend time in his presence and carry him everywhere you go. Bring him with you to church. (laughs) Take him with you to your jobs. Amen? Thank you, Lord. And Moses knew the holiness of the Lord. He took his sandals off on holy ground. He separated, he sanctified himself. There's something about sanctifying ourselves, separating ourselves from the things that make him not feel comfortable in our presence, letting those things be off of us, coming in in pure form, full dedication, and focus on him. That moves his heart. Thank you, Lord. I remember a few years ago when I, before I was in full-time ministry and I was, I was on a break and I was, I was walking outside on my break talking to the Lord and, and the, I was asking the Lord, God, I've been serving you for many years and I've been training to go into the full-time ministry for many years and, and this is what you've promised me. Why have you not put me in full-time ministry yet? And he said, Jesse, you've had a lot of years in the workforce and you have been serving me wholeheartedly, and you've found ways to seek my face even when you're working a full-time job, and I needed you to be able to lead people who are working in the workforce who, who, so that they, that they need to know they can walk in the fullness of God. You don't have to have a full-time ministry position to be in His presence and carry the power of God. Amen? And, and I just remember there are times... Um, when I would take my morning and afternoon breaks and go out and pray or get in the Word. There were times when I would, on my lunch break, I'd take an hour so I could go out and have time in my car and just read the Word and worship Jesus. I would often eat at my desk so I could use my lunchtime to seek the face of the Lord. There were times when I found myself hiding in janitor's closets just for a moment so so nobody would see me and I could just Pound it out with the Lord. There, there were times when I snuck away into warehouses in the, in the place I worked on my breaks just so I could get alone with the Lord. The, I, my first job was at Kmart and I scrubbed toilets. That was, that for some reason, they always put me on toilet duty because I was the only person who cleaned them good enough for everybody. And why did I do that? Because I chose to worship Jesus while I was doing it and give him my best. And I'd sweep the floors. And, and I was like, why are they promoting everybody else into better positions? Because they knew that I was doing the better job. So I lost out on promotions trying to do a better job. But I was worshiping Jesus that whole time. It was time for me to connect with the Lord. Amen? And, I mean, there's so many different parts of my life where I, even though I was working, I was still seeking Him like a full-time minister because it has nothing to do with that has everything to do with I'm fully engaged with him I want more of him I need more of him and I want to tell you I want to I want to ratchet that up again right now in my life I want to call on us those of you who hunger and thirst for more of the Lord seek his face and do it believing he's going to reveal it to you because he will Hebrews, I'm about to wrap up, and then we're going to go into a worship song uh, to, to close out. Um, Hebrews 11.6, 6, 
says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the Lord is moved by people who diligently seek him. Diligently. That means you're that means you are being proactive, intentional, putting your all into it, seeking his face. He's a rewarder. Those who diligently seek him. A rewarder. That means he's gonna give you himself the way that you're seeking him. Amen. You guys okay? About to wrap up. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's a great promise. That's a promise of the Lord coming in, responding to our pursuit of him. Yeah. Joshua 3.5, they were getting ready to cross the, the Jordan River, go into the promised land. You guys know our overflow promise, right? Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. That's what the Lord's spoken. And this is exactly what Joshua is about to do. They're going to go into the promised land and possess it, but they had to cross that Jordan River. And the miracle was about to happen. But just before that, Joshua said to the people in Joshua 3.5, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I want to say this to us. Sanctify yourselves. Because God's about to do wonders in your midst. Sanctify yourselves. Doesn't mean religious holiness, like fake holiness, religion-wise. It means, it means I want him so much, I'm going to pay whatever price I need to. I'm going to spend time seeking his face. I'm going to hone my focus in on him. I'll let go of anything that might cause him to not feel comfortable in my presence because I want more of him. Sanctify yourselves, but do it believing that tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders among you. Like, let's know that God, I mean, even the timing of us getting ready to get into our building, we believe that that's just a prophetic visual of what he's about to do in our midst in the kingdom. That he's about to, he's, we're about to start seeing a whole new birthing of the flow of his presence and his kingdom coming into our midst in ways that he's promised us. I really believe that. And the building is a pictorial visual of that. Okay? But we gotta, we gotta know we're only gonna see that stuff happen if we pay the price. Because he's not gonna just bring something into the midst of people who aren't going to respect it the way it needs to be respected. Do you guys hear my heart? Are you sure? Because I'm, the reason I'm saying these things is because we need to determine in our hearts the value that we're placing upon the things that we say that we want in Him. The value. Your value is going to determine the price you're willing to pay. 